Sorry for that. It's a sign of antiquity. <laughs> Good morning. Maybe this is your first time, second time. Well, welcome back. And I invite you to please rise as we give respect to the reading of the Word of God. Thank you very much, Sister Lay and the band, for leading us in worshiping the Lord through songs and through those music. Open your Bible with me. Uh, we will be looking at Psalms 139, verses 1 to 4. And we will be uh, talking about knowing an all-knowing God. And so this is the best uh, Bible passage about uh, the omniscience of God. Beginning verse uh, 1, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you that you are such God who knows everything. Lord, when we understand that you are all-knowing God, it gives comfort. It should not intimidate us because we know, Lord, that you are a loving Father. So this morning, oh Lord, I pray that you will uh, expand our understanding about this attribute of yours, being omniscient. Father, we thank you for allowing us to talk about this and give us indeed the understanding through the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. We know, Lord, that uh, you are a sovereign God, you are almighty God. And so, Father, I pray that uh, this message will indeed help us better understand you and help us, O oh Lord, to be more closer to you and, and change the way we live and change the way, O oh Lord, we, we, we deal with other people. And, Lord, thank you for what you will do this morning. Father, we... Pray for those people who are not uh, feeling well. I pray for Sister Cora, Sister Shane, Brother Weatherford, and, and, and uh, Ate Remy. And Lord, those people who are here, uh, <clears throat> Brother Lumeka, uh, Ate Aida, and, and Lord, I pray that you will just touch their physical body. I pray, Father, that you let them know that you are the God that heals and help them through this, and that you will uh, continually uh, help them and be with them always. Give them the comfort, O Lord, that they need, and most especially, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, we thank you once again uh, for those people who are celebrating their birthday this coming week. Be with them. Lord, I pray that you will give them more years and birthdays to come, and also use them in your kingdom. Father, we thank you. Bless your words today, for this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> While I'm, I'm studying this and doing this sermon, I'm reminded when I was a kid back in the Philippines. One of my favorite games is called Hide and Seek. How many of you play that one? Especially during the night when the moon is, you know, so bright, we play hide and seek. And it's fun. You know, I will count 1 to 10, uh, and after counting 1 to 10, you should already be, you know, hiding anywhere, or uh, I hope you, I can find you. But while I'm thinking about that game, I thought about God, and thought that one thing that God cannot do is uh, commit sin or commit mistake. And another thing that I thought about is that uh, God, one thing that God cannot enjoy is to play the game hide and seek. Why? It's because if we would play God, uh, hide and seek with God, he already knows where you are. And probably it's not fun. How many of you, if you want to watch a movie, some, somebody already told you everything, will you still watch it? You will not enjoy. Okay. Uh, you will stop them. Stop. I will go to the movie and watch it. You know. 
And the reason why we have cameras is to catch the culprit, right? Uh, you go to Walmart. Here we have cameras. Be careful. Uh, <laughs> because uh, the reason why we have all these things is because our knowledge is what? Limited. I hope none of you go to uh, a tarot card reader. It's a no-no in the sight of God. You want to know your future. We as a Christian, God wants us to trust in the Lord. Amen. And so, this morning, we will be looking at the omniscience of God. Knowing an all-knowing God. That's why in my prayer, I said that when we know about all these attributes of God, it really impacts your life and my life the way we live. Last Sunday, we talked about uh, knowing uh, a loving God. We learn about the holiness of God. We're learning all these things, not for us to gain knowledge, but to change the way we approach God, most especially in our worship, and also in our relationship with the Lord, knowing the fact that God knows everything. There is no secret in the Lord. That's why he's called God. If he doesn't know everything and anything, he's not God. Again, think about this. It can be intimidating to realize that God knows our thoughts, right? He knows the angry thoughts, lustful thoughts, vengeful ideas, secret greed, hidden coveting. God also knows about the secret longings, those hopeful desires, and also those private dreams. But I want for you to know this morning that when we learn about the omniscience of God, we should not be intimidated. God is not like human beings, just like you and me. When we, when we saw someone doing something, they did wrong, commit mistake, we say, aha! No, God is not like that. God will not be surprised because he knows already what happened, what's happening, what will happen. And he will not say to you, aha! We human beings are like that, right? We're judgmental, we're condemning. But God, no. In fact, beginning in the Garden of Eden, God made it clear that he knows everything about those he created in his own image. This can be a comfort. Why? Because he knows and understands your pain, my pain, and a cause for concern. He knows all your sin and my sin, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord. Our greatest challenge is to live in the light of His omniscience, being all-knowing God. And that is really our challenge, knowing the fact that whatever we do, He knows it already. Whatever your plan, Most people go to their whole lives without experiencing something you would think would be normal. What is that? A relationship with at least one person who knows them completely. Everyone would like to know that there is at least one person to whom they could reveal anything without fear and being judged and being condemned. You like that person? Yes, I like that person. I want a person, I want a friend who is not so judgmental and condemning and reject me when I reveal my wrongdoings and my mistake. People live their whole lives without able to talk about their deepest fears, longing, hurts, and also dreams. While it's true that relationships on this earth don't always reach the stage of intimacy they should, 
That doesn't mean there is no one who knows you completely. We forget that God knows everything about us. And did you know that He extends invitation to us to know and be known in His presence? That's why the, the, the passage that we've read this morning, Psalms chapter 139, I want you to read it completely, the whole chapter, but we'll just deal uh, in, this, in these few verses. But I want you, when you get home, meditate upon this verse. Psalms 139 is the classic text in the Bible on the all-knowingness of God. And of course, theologians call this the omniscience of God. First four verses of these psalms present some startling truths about how God knows you and me. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 is a summary statement. God knows us. I want that one to stick in your heart and in your mind. He knows you. That's why we have a song, He knows my name. And the Bible even says that he knows the number of your hairs. Do you know how many hairs you have in your head? No, God knows. He knows us. He knows you. He knows your address. He knows your social security number. He knows what you ate this morning. Verse 2, he knows all our activities. Uh, tomorrow you will go to, he knows. Tuesday you will go to, he knows. Tomorrow you will do this, he knows. <laughs> all the routines of your life. Tomorrow you will go to Walmart and shop. Tomorrow you will go to the doctor. On Wednesday, you will attend prayer meeting Bible study on Zoom. He knows that. <laughs> he knows our thoughts. I, you know what? I don't know what you're thinking right now. Probably you're thinking, what is lunch? He knows if you're thinking right now, what's lunch? What for lunch? He knows what you're thinking, Pastor. Go to point number three. Uh, we still have some, you know, uh, uh, communion. Be quick. I'm already hungry. He, he knows. What's, I don't know if you're thinking like, but he knows. I don't know what you're thinking right now, but I'm pretty sure 100% he knows. Ezekiel chapter 11 verse 5. For I know the things that comes from your mind. Isn't it wonderful that God knows everything? <laughs> Verse 3, God knows our directions, our ways, our habits. He knows what directions you are going. If you're going to the left, He will pull you back. If you're going to the right, He will put you straight. Directions, your ways, your habits. Verse 4, he knows every word we speak. And we will give account. Verse 16 says that God knows all the days of our lives. Huh. Yes, he knows all the days of your life. This is comforting. This is not intimidating. Okay? And, 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 and that is a level of detail that no one else knows about you. Only God knows these things. Uh, I will share the rest of the Bible confirms God's all-knowing nature. Uh, in John chapter 3, verse 20, God knows everything. Acts 15, verse 18 God knows everything he has done and created. Past. Job 37 verse 16, God, God's knowledge is perfect. Lacking nothing. He doesn't need to be informed. You don't need to, you know, inform him in your prayer because he knows everything. He doesn't need Google or Google. 
He knows everything. We need Google. And the Lord doesn't need Google. Isaiah 49, 9 and 10. God knows everything from eternity past to eternity future. Psalms 33. Nothing escapes God's vision from His vantage point in heaven. He can see everything. Nothing escapes. 147 Psalms, God knows all the stars by name. Have you thought about this? <laughs> he knows all the stars. We, you know, scientists here in America, they, you know, they still keep on uh, discovering these stars. But God already discovers them and he already knows their name. Matthew chapter 10, God knows the condition of every sparrow and knows the number of hairs on our head. Job 38 till chapter 41, God knows every detail about the natural world. I think of what God's knowledge is like compared to ours. Compare yourself, your knowledge and, and God's knowledge. Because he knows all things perfectly. He doesn't know one person better than another. He doesn't learn or discover his knowledge because his knowledge is complete at all times. He doesn't experiment to know what will happen, what will be the result in an experiment. He already knows. We human beings, we do experiments. To know something in the future. God knows. He, he doesn't do that. He, he doesn't need to discover things. Because his knowledge is complete at all times. God is never surprised or amazed. He doesn't wonder about anything since he knows everything. He is not surprised about the condition of your life. He is not surprised about your problem and my problem, we are surprised. When the doctor said, you have this, we will be surprised. But the Lord is not surprised. He knows everything. God's knowledge never fades or grows dim or retreats in the recesses of his memory or subconsciousness. He knows every possible item of knowledge concerning everything that has ever existed or will exist in the future. And God doesn't have to count anything. He doesn't have to count the grains of the sun on the seashore, the stars in the sky, and also the flowers in a given field. All knowledge in the universe is ever present in his mind. And that's who God is. Everything just stated about God's knowledge is the opposite of how it is with us. It is really the opposite. Uh, our knowledge is imperfect and limited. He is perfect and complete. In fact, uh, not only does God knows everything that is actual, He even knows everything possible that will happen. God knows. And he knows everything that has happened and everything that might have happened. He knows our situation here in America. He knows that our gasoline is $5 up. He knows that there is no milk on the shelf, on the store for our children or our infant. He knows. He's not surprised. We will only be satisfied with Romans 8.28 that all things work together for good. Amen. And pray for our leadership. He knows. We cannot even comprehend the kind of knowledge, of course. But that's the whole point. God is God. And you are not. I am not. I want to emphasize, I am not. He is God. And we are not. When we understand that He is God and we are not, it should humble us. Amen. It should give us the attitude and the very character to trust Him more. Not to lean on our own understanding. Many times, the problem 
is this. Your worries in life, your problems in life are compounded every day. It's because you still don't know and learn how to trust the all-knowing. How many of you here, you worry about your future? Trust the all-knowing God. Why? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has a lot of promises to you and me. Again, that's the whole point here. God is God, and you are not. No wonder David wrote Psalms 139, and in verse 6 it says... Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and he said, I cannot attain it. As if I'm, I, I can see David writing this one. Lord, help me understand this. I can't attain it. Yes, we cannot attain I agree with King David. So here's how God's omniscience impacts your life and my life, and there are four things that impact our life. First, God impacts our lives with His knowledge, omniscience, with our prayers. Knowledge and our prayers, it impacts our prayers. Jesus' teaching on prayer in Matthew chapter 5, uh, chapter 6, 5 to 8, this is a place where God's omniscience intersects with, with, with the practical matter of prayer. And this is what uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6 says. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner streets, that they may be seen. Uh, last Wednesday, we were talking about hypocrites and the publican, or the, uh, the Pharisees and the publican. And, and this... This is who they are. They, they love to be seen by men. They love to be praised. That's why they go public on streets, uh, so that they will be seen by men. And assuredly, I say to you, they have their what? Reward. Verse 5. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Look at verse 7. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. As the heathen do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need before you ask him. He already knows your needs before you ask him. Now, we are not to act like the hidden according to this verse. Who think they have to help God hear their prayers? By, by praying long, by praying uh, repetitive prayers. Listen, we do not pray to inform God. He already knows what we need before we ask him. We pray, the reason why we pray is we pray in order to fellowship with him and also discern his will. Oh yes, the reason why we pray is not only, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that. That is our very idea about prayers. But I want you to change it this morning. That prayer, we pray in order to what? Fellowship with him and also discern his will. Uh, we, not God, are changed by our prayers. <laughs> when we pray, we are the one who's being changed, not God. Uh, so even with regard to our daily needs, Jesus says, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things in Matthew chapter 6 verse 32. And so the fact that God already knows our needs immediately raises this question. And this is the question. Why pray when God knows everything already? Isn't it? 
<laughs> it raises that question. Why then pray at all when God knows everything? See, more than any other reason, we pray out of obedience. God has commanded us to what? To pray. My question to you is, do you obey the Lord? Do you pray every day? Do you fellowship with Him every day? First Thessalonians says, pray what? Without ceasing. It is a command. Many of you pray if you, are, if you only have a need. And that's, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's bad, but I want you to more, be more deeper in your prayer. I want you to understand that when you pray, you obey the Lord. And that erases the idea, why pray when God knows everything already? What, what, what do I need? Again, the main idea here is we pray out of obedience. There are some other reasons as well. Sometimes we think we know what we need, but our Heavenly Father knows what we really need. Sometimes He changes our heart about what we're asking for while we are praying. Since God knows all things actual and possible, it is a comfort to know that He can tell us what we need instead of us having to tell Him what we need. You see, Prayer also brings us into submission to the will of God. That's why if you want to know the will of God, keep on praying every day, keep on fellowshipping with the Lord, because without you praying and asking the Lord, you will not know, will never know the will of God. Because through our, our fellowship in our fellowship, in our prayers, He will reveal His will to you. Now, as we pray, the Spirit of God is at work in us to conform our wills to His will. How many of you are thankful that the Lord did not answer all the prayers that you are praying for? Did you know that if the Lord will answer all the prayer that you are praying for, most probably, you know, you will regret it. We thank the Lord because many times and sometimes He will answer our prayer by saying what? No! Just like you parents, when your children approach you, can I have this? And you say, no! In the first place, we say no because you don't have money, you know. But, <laughs> but my idea is this. Then you know it's not good for them when you just give that, give it to them at once, right? Same thing with our God. He knows. That's why, please, do not resent God when God says to you, Anak, no, not today. Not today. Why? Going back to this attribute. He knows the future. He knows what will happen to you. If you get everything that you're asking for, many times our prayers are not His will. And that's why we praise the Lord because the Holy Spirit is the one who's helping us to conform our will to God's will. Amen. Read Romans chapter 8. We ask amiss, James says. We ask with selfishness. And that's why the Lord says no. So it's great just to sit down and say to God, uh, I, I want for us to recite all these things. Can, can we read this one? Okay? And it should be our prayer. Okay? I want you to read it from your heart. Ready, begin. Here's what I'm thinking and feeling, Lord, about the things that I'm dealing with in my life. I know you know everything about me, so I bring all my thoughts and my preferences and desires and lay them before you. Help me sort them out and choose wisely. I know you will guide me and not let me make a foolish mistake because I willingly submit my will to yours in these matters. Thank you for knowing everything about my life. Isn't it wonderful? 
submitting to God, including His omniscience in our prayer, acknowledging He knows every details of your life. Okay, not, not only our prayers are being impacted by the omniscience of God, but also number two, about your suffering and my suffering. We long the most for someone to talk when we are suffering. Isn't it? We're looking for friends, close friends, to talk to, sit down, and reveal what's in your heart. And yet sometimes our pain is so profound that we don't know how to express it even to a person who is close to us and who is willing to listen. Yes, I, how, how many of you have experienced that? When you are in trouble, there's no words that, you know, comes out from your mouth perfectly to, to express what's in your heart. And that's why uh, in, in, in the book of Romans, it tells us that when we groan, yes, I think that's in the book of uh, Romans chapter 8. You see, when we groan, when we say, oh, God already knows. That's what we're talking about here. You see, when we are suffering, there's no words really that will come from our mouth because of our suffering, our troubles in life. And we're looking for, that, for an individual to just listen to us. You see, the blessing of knowing and all-knowing God is twofold. He is willing to hear us when we cry. How many of you just cried this past week because of your heavy heart? In the future, do this. Cry. Don't be shy. God knows your heart already. Express it. He's willing to listen. He, he will not condemn you. He will not judge you. Second fault is he knows our heart cry even when we can find words to express it. Praise the Lord. By just saying, ah, we feel better. Because he understands and he knows. God has observed us as we have gone through the experience. And so he knows the source of our pain. He knows it. He, he can read our hearts and minds to know just how we feel in spite of our inability to put it into words. Psalms 31 verse 7, this is what the Bible says. And these are the psalmists. I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. You have considered my trouble. Go back. You have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities. Another passage in Psalms 142 verse 3, it says, When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. Look at the word, word overwhelmed. How many of you have been overwhelmed? You know, when you are overwhelmed, you don't know what to do, right? You're confused. You don't know what directions you will go when you are overwhelmed, especially when you are in trouble, when you have deep problems in life. But thank the Lord. According to these words, his words, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then you knew my path. There is always this hope that we long for. God knows what we experience. He knows every minute of our pain and suffering. He not only knows what we feel, he knows what we feel and what we feel. He knows how it happened and how long it's going to last and how intense it is. He knows every emotion that's associated with it. And when you're going through difficult times, sometimes all you can do is look up and say, Father, you know. You know, we're just like the psalmist in Psalms chapter 13. As a human being, he said, How long, O Lord? 
It's called Psalm chapter 13 is howling psalms. They call it howling psalm because he's asking, how long, O oh Lord, because he's suffering. I think we need to praise. Lord, thank you. Father, you know. Number three that impacts our, our understanding about his knowledge is our fellowship with him. Fellowship with him. The Bible says that God knows those who are His. Uh, if you are a child of God, He knows you. And this is uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this, the Lord knows those who are His. Again, in, in our prayer meeting, we're studying the parable of the Pharisees and the publican, and also we did study about the wheat and the tares. And of course, the wheat and the tares talks about, uh, he, he saw a seed, and then, uh, you know, the evil also saw the same seed, almost the same exactly, and uh, as they grow up, they don't know which, which, which is which, <laughs> whether it is a wheat or a tear. They, they look the same. But in the sight of God, He knows those who are His. If you are a child of God, rest assured that He knows you. Better be sure about your salvation, my dear friends and brothers in the Lord. Are you sure 100%? When we are sure 100%, this is what the Bible says. He knows you. See, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from what? From iniquity. And he also knows the way of the righteous. Psalms chapter 1 verse 6. See, those verses suggest uh, look at Psalms chapter 1. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall, shall perish. So these uh, two verses suggest the part of God's omniscience. How it impacts our daily fellowship with him. God is the best perfect friend of all of us have ever longed for. He never takes things the wrong way or misunderstand what we say or what we do. There's nothing he can discover about us and, you know, would make him love us and love us less. There is a story about uh, this wealthy, wealthy grandfather. Uh, he purchased a new high-tech hearing aid. After using it a couple of weeks, he's, he stopped back uh, by the store where, where he purchased it and told the manager that he could not only hear normal conversations, but things being said in the next room as well. And then the guy said, your family and relatives must be delighted at how well you can hear now. Uh, and then he said, oh, I haven't told them yet, the grandfather said. I've, I've just been sitting, sitting around listening. And he said, and I've, I've changed my will four times this week already. The point of that story is this. God is not like that. God is not like that, okay? Uh, waiting to catch us saying something wrong, nor do we have to speak loudly and clearly lest he not kill us. Listen, God never changes his will. <laughs> Based on your behavior and my behavior. He already knows us and loves us perfectly in spite of what he knows. That's why he's not, you know, again, I already told you before, he's not like you and me when, when we commit mistakes. Oh, aha! We are being intimidated by the person who says, aha! And, and they will love us less. They will not accept us for who we are. He already knows us and loves us perfectly in spite of what he knows. 
no bad report from a tale better or news of our failures or indiscretions will take God by surprise. He already knows. That's why the Bible is very clear. Not only believers the Lord loves, but also the sinners. He loves sinners. We should love sinners as well. That's why he died, because he loves the sinners. You and me. We spend so much time longing for transparency and intimacy, longing for someone with whom we can share our thoughts and dreams, and someone who will understand us even when we are confused about what we say or feel. We want someone who will accept us, our good thoughts, and even our bad thoughts. Uh, someone in whose presence we would have no fear at all. Probably we say, I would spend every moment I could with such a person if I could only find him. <laughs> I, I would live in the safety of that person's understanding and acceptance. I would tell that person everything I'm afraid to tell everyone else. He, now, I, I hope you can see where I'm going right now. We have such person, and such person is God. In fact, he already knows all the things within us that we are aching to talk to someone about. He already knows them. Our challenge is to recognize that God is the partner we've been longing for and begin to dwell in his presence, accepting his acceptance to you and me. God knows me and God knows you. He knows everything uh, we've ever done right and everything we've ever done wrong. Every righteous thoughts and every unrighteous thought. And he, here's what else he knows. He knows, and this is very good, as a believer in the Lord, he knows that I am accepted in the beloved. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. That I have been declared righteous through the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are accepted because of the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's why it's not about your wrongdoing and, and righteous living. It is about what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. That's why you are accepted 100% because of his precious blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. We are accepted thus his beloved. We are declared righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. He knows that I stand holy in the presence of God through His Son. And, and though He sees all of my error and my failure and sin, He sees it through the lens of His grace and declares me and you positionally and, and eternally holy in the sight of God because Christ dwells in you and me. See, I have chosen in Christ before I have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. I want you to understand that. He already has chosen you and, 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 and laid and stand holy before God. And if you know Jesus Christ, you stand holy before God. God is the only person who can see us as we are in the flesh. And as we are in Christ at the same time. And the only person who will choose to walk with us unconditionally day after day. Number four, that impacts your life and my life when it comes to omniscience or God's knowledge is your sin and my sin. It would be nice to stop our lesson on number three, right? <laughs> Point number three. Uh, on God's omniscience at this last point. But, but to be faithful to the word of God, we have to talk about omniscience and sin. Sin, we hardly ever hear the three-letter word mentioned these days. 
They don't use the word sin anymore. They use the word moral failure. They use the word conditioned response to our environment. Instead of sin, they use the word predisposed behavior. It tickles our ears, right? <laughs> I suppose when we are sin. Because God is omniscient, all-knowing, He knows your sin and my sin. There is nothing hidden from Him in all creation, and it is to Him that all men will give an accounting. Psalm 44, verse 21, this is what the Scripture says. Would that God search this out, for He knows the secrets of the heart. Sometimes we have a joke. What's the news? Secret. You cannot, you know, the, the secret. God knows your heart already. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Again, there is no secret thoughts or secret plans or secret longings or secret fears. There are no secrets from God, and that is what we call period. Okay? There are no secret thoughts or secret plans or secret longings or secret fears. There are no secrets from God. Period. And there are no unspoken requests as well. Sometimes people, Pastor, can you, uh, during our sister Lynette, Sister Lynette, can we pray unspoken request? <laughs> why, why unspoken? <laughs> That's why we don't, the Lord doesn't answer our prayers because you don't speak. <laughs> he already knows. Every thought that flashes through our mind is visible to the eye of God. If we had committed secret sins or secret crimes, God knows every detail of them. None of our excuses will hold water before him because he knows the pure facts about every situation. See, God is the judge and jury in both time and also eternity. See, we have not gotten away with anything that we think we have done. How would you feel if some Sunday morning, some Sunday morning, every thought, you know, every family, you know, I will start with letter A, B, C, so in alphabetical order, and your thought will be plus on this four. <laughs> How many of you like that? I think that is a cool program, right? <laughs> but the point here is this. We don't know your thought, and I'm my thought. Okay? That's the problem. But if it's possible, do you want it to be flashed here? You know, the, from Monday until Saturday, all, all, you know, the thought. Only the thought, not the action. You know, things that you thought. Probably you said, Pastor Joel is ugly. It will be there. I don't like Pastor Joel, you know. It will be there, you know. It's only your thought, okay? Uh, what will be your feeling? If you're like me, you shudder at the very thought of such a thing, you know. I, I wouldn't want my thoughts for the last, even one day, you know, much less seven revealed to anyone. And yet, Listen, they are revealed to God. How many of you have heard the song, Standing in the Corner? This song is, you know, it's, uh, if you don't listen to the words, it's like uh, you, you dance. It's, it's sung by Dean Martin, one of the Rat Pack. Sung also by Bobby Darin. Darin. Standing in the corner watching every girl go by. You know, you know, 
<laughs> it will make you <laughs> dance. But I noticed one of the, uh, the last verse, it says, Gentlemen, it says, you cannot go in prison of what you think. You know, here probably it's right. He's right. When you think bad thoughts, you can go to prison. But never in the sight of God. Whatever you think, we will give an account. Whether it is good or bad. One day, every Christian will stand before Jesus Christ to acknowledge that which God knows or has known all of our lives. Listen, our character, my character will be revealed, not our reputation. Okay? What is the difference between character and reputation? Reputation is just like the Pharisees. It is outside, you know, they, 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 they fool people because, you know, they want people, they are religious and they are close to God, Pharisees. That's reputation. What people see in you. But character, we will judge by our character because God, when we talk about character, it's what God sees in you. Character is what God sees in you. Reputation is what people sees in you. And judgment is based on character, not your reputation. Probably you have a good reputation in your neighborhood. But deep inside, God knows who you are, the very character. Probably here at church, you have a good reputation. But when you go home, God knows who you are, your very character. All of us will stand one by one. You will not stand together with your wife, together with your husband, together with your children. I will stand alone and give an account of what you have done in secret. God knows our thoughts no matter who or where we are. That's why Psalms 139 begins this way. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. This message is delivered to you. Again, not for you to be intimidated, but to be more closer to the Lord and walk more closer to Him, knowing the fact that every detail in your life, even your thoughts, He knows. My goal this morning in this message is if you claim to be Christians, everything that you think, everything that you do needs to be glorifying in His sight. Amen. He knows also. And another thing that I want you to know this morning, don't hesitate to express yourself what's inside your heart. Because it's good for you. God knows already. Don't keep it in your heart. Say it. Lord, you know. Put it in details. And you will feel better. That's the very idea. You remember, you remember when, when, when Adam and Eve disobeyed the Lord? You remember when they disobeyed the Lord? God knew. But still, God asked the question. If he's an all-knowing God, probably you're asking this question. If he's an all-knowing God, how come he asked the question, where are you? You remember? If he's an all-knowing God, I come, he asked, where are you? Of course, that question is not question about, you know, uh, the state or the position physically where they are. God knows where they are. The reason why God asked them the question, where are you? It's because God, know, God wanted them to know that they need to come out. Come out. I don't know where you are, but I, I'm asking this question. Where are you? I want you to come out. I know where you are. Another thing that I want you to notice on that narrative is that, think about this. 
They disobey the Lord. They commit sin. They rebelled against the Lord. I want you to know this. He knows. But did you know that God did not immediately judge them? You know, he can, he can, he can throw fire and brimstone judge them immediately at that time. But the reason why he kept on asking, where are you? It's because God is extending his love and grace to them. He doesn't want to judge them that they have they've committed mistake, but he wants to extend that relationship that was broken because they disobeyed. Where are you? It's not about God doesn't know. It is about inviting each and every one of us when we commit sin, we need to come forward and say, Lord, forgive me. And thank you that you know me. I am frail. We're human beings. We are not perfect. That's why we need to live in comfort in knowing that the God that we worship is an all-knowing God. Do not be intimidated. We need to praise the Lord for that. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you. You are such a loving God, all-knowing God. To us, O oh Lord, we cannot comprehend. But to you, O oh Lord, you know everything. This morning, Father, we just want to be submitted to your all-knowingness and help us, O oh Lord, to live a life that is pleasing to you since you all know everything in our lives. Father, thank you. This morning, as we join in this table, oh Father, I pray that indeed our hearts will be grateful and thankful for what you have done for us 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Lord, remind us of your grace, love, and mercy. And help us, oh Lord, always think about that sacrifice your son made for us. And so, Father, I pray that you bless these elements in front of us. And I pray, Father, that each and every individual here will be worthy in receiving this. And so, Lord, thank you. Thank you. I request that you pray silently and search your heart. I, I want you to if there is any known sin in your heart this morning, I want you to confess them to the Lord. Ask for forgiveness before you join in this table. I invite you to please stand up and get your own elements ready here.
indeed God is good. Amen. In His goodness, He He gave His Son to us. Save us from the penalty of our sins. And this piece of bread this morning reminds us about His body that is broken into pieces. And every time we, we see this bread, I want you to think about the suffering, about the punishment that you and I should, should experience, but He did. He became our sacrificial lamb instead of us. He became our atoning sacrifice. So for this piece of bread, as we eat this bread together, I want you to just thank the Lord. Because without shedding, not only the shedding of His blood, but His body broken into pieces, we will not experience salvation. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. Also, we praise the Lord because, uh, again, His blood is the one that cleanses our sins. Perfect blood, pure blood. And God the Father was satisfied. So we all know that in the Old Testament, they offer animal sacrifice and it's not enough. But the blood of Jesus Christ is the one that will take away your sin and my sin. That's why without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of our sins. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Is do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross of Calvary to save us from our sins and for us to have fellowship with you. For that, Father, we will be forever grateful. And Father, be glorified in our lives. For this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Um, for our closing song, let's all stand up. And after we sing, we'll have Pastor Suzaki with our benediction. Yeah.